0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin, with support from New Zealand On Air.
1: Tashi Dele. Today is the Tibetan greeting and it means good fortune or something like that. Not quite as sublime as the Te Saranai of the Sri Lankans, but still I hope you've had good fortune over the last week and will have in the week to come. We're talking about the perfection of patience, one of the six perfections practiced by Bodhisattva. If you remember... A perfection in this context is distinguished by its motivation, that is bodhicitta, the mind to attain enlightenment for the benefit of all beings. It's not perfecting any kind of action, but rather a state of mind. With that, let's then set a perfect motivation for this program today, seeing it as a cause to attain enlightenment so we can be the best benefit to all living beings. If you don't think you can do that, at least let your motivation be for your own enlightenment. Thank you. Now last time we looked at the first branch of the threefold definition of patience. If you were with us then, you might recall we defined patience as firstly the mind that stays unmoved by the harm of others, then also as the mind that endures suffering voluntarily, and finally the mind that is always focused on the Dharma. Last week's program was devoted to the first, the mind that remains calm under duress from others. This is the patience of non-retaliation and the patience of being compassionate to enemies. Enemy here doesn't only mean someone you hate with a vengeance. It also includes anyone who, when you think of them, causes uneasiness and discomfort to arise in your mind. It may even mean someone actually very close to you, but knows how, who knows how to push your buttons and makes you irritated. Even though they may be your loved husband or wife, when you two are arguing, or the other person is being willfully obstinate, it may seem that for a moment they are an enemy. Anyway, last week we considered different ways of thinking so that instead of developing anger with such people and situations, we automatically practice patience. The first point we raised was that people acting under the influence of anger are actually not under their own control and need compassion to help them regain control of themselves. Retaliating is like taking revenge on someone with a mental illness. When someone we know is mentally unstable does something harmful, we normally try to limit the damage and settle them down, rather than get vengeful towards them. And so when under the control of karma and conflictive emotions like anger, people harm other people or ourselves, there's no need for us to get all hot under the collar. Rather, why don't we see them in the same way as we see those with a mental in- Disability, and develop the same kind of compassion and willingness to help them. For people who harm are under a temporary mental disability, they are quite capable of doing things they would normally not contemplate. Another point to consider is that we, we need harmful people to practice with. If everybody was always nice to us and gave us no problems, we would never get to enlightenment because we could never practice patience. So the difficult times are actually our workplace and without them we would make no progress. Then because of calm and afflictive emotion we will inevitably encounter lots of difficult people in this life. It's impossible for us to overcome them but if we tame our own anger and substitute it with patience we wouldn't need to. With only patience in our mind harmful beings will not be able to influence us even if they torture us. We can also consider that, karmically, people harming us are actually causing themselves much more suffering than they are causing us. Because of this, it would be better for us to develop compassion for them, not anger. They only want happiness and don't want suffering, just like we do, but through their their ignorance, they only create the causes for suffering. Isn't this a cause for us to feel compassionate towards them? Furthermore, the actual cause for the harm we experience is our negative karma. The other person is only an outer condition for it to ripen. If we look at it like that, we can feel happy because the harm is exhausting our negative karma. Once this unpleasantness is over, we will never have to experience that karma again. It will be over. But if it had ripened not here, but in the hell realm, for instance, the suffering would have been much, much worse. So this happening now is great. And as we're under the power of our karma, so is the harmful pa- person under the power of theirs. It's actually, it's not the person who's being harmful, but the karma and afflictive emotions. When someone beats us with a stick, we don't blame the stick, but the person. Nevertheless, the person is like the stick because he's acting under the orders of afflictive emotion and karma. He's just an, as much an instrument as the stick is. So why get angry at him when the real culprit is anger? Why not get angry at the anger? Then if we consider the benefits of patience, we can actually start looking for people who will give us the opportunity to practice. We can actively mix with people who we know will be unpleasant. Like Sister Teresa, who asked to be the aid to the disagreeable nun. In this way, practicing with difficult people we can make even swifter progress on the path than someone who spends long periods in retreat. Also, if we are harmed by something inanimate like a disease, we don't usually get angry at it. So why should we get angry at an animate being? The animate being is a collection of causes and conditions just like the disease and has as much control over the causes and conditions as the disease does. It's not the person who's being harmful, but the conditions of karma and afflictive emotion, which are the source of the harm and of the suffering. So why blame the person? Then the last point to consider is that neither oneself, nor the act of patience, nor the object of that practice, has any independent inherent existence. All are empty of inherent existence and arise as illusion-like appearances. If we can see their illusory nature, why would we get angry? It's like getting angry at a character in a TV drama. Completely foolish. This is a brief revision of the points we went through in our last program. So now let's do some meditation on them. Please sit comfortably and concentrate on your breath for a moment, letting all the thoughts and so on just flow without becoming involved in them. Consider that someone controlled by anger needs compassion to help them seize control of themselves again. They're like someone with a mental disorder who harms us. As we wouldn't retaliate to a person with a mental disorder, so there's no need to retaliate to someone controlled by afflictive emotion. Better to develop compassion and try to do something to calm them down. people to practice with if we never met up with harmful people we would never practice patience and so would have a no no have no chance to find enlightenment when we come across harmful people it's good because they help us progress on the path to avoid harmful people the world is full of them even if we make friends with one enemy another one will arise however if we overcome our own anger we won't need to overcome all those enemies because with only patience in our mind they would find no opportunity to harm us People who harm us are actually causing themselves much more suffering than the we will encounter. Because of that, wouldn't it be better to have compassion for them and not retaliate? We are both the same in wanting happiness and not wanting suffering, but through ignorance they only create the causes for suffering. Why inflict even more suffering by causing harm in return? The actual cause for the harm we experience is our own negative karma. The harmful person is only an external condition that ripens it. So the situation is exhausting our negative karma. Once it's over, we will be completely free of that particular karma. And if it had ripened in the hell realm, it would have been much more difficult to endure. As we are in the grip of our karma, the harmful person is held by theirs. That karma and the afflictive emotion are controlling the person who is like the stick that beats. The person who wields the stick is wielded by karma and afflictive emotion. So we should get angry at the karma and afflictive emotion, not the person who is only an instrument. Remember how St. Teresa of Lisieux actively and voluntarily worked for an unpleasant nun and became more and more beautiful through the patience she built up. If we can practice like that, purposefully, with difficult people, we'll be able to make quick and fruitful progress on the spiritual path. Whereas if we get angry with them, we go in the opposite direction. don't get angry at something inanimate like a disease. So why at something animate like a person? Both are under control of causes and conditions and not under their own control. So there's no need to blame the person. Blame the afflictive emotion which has become the temporary boss of the person. the act of patience and the harmful person, the object of the practice of patience have no inherent existences. All appear as illusion-like appearances and have no independent reality. If we can see their illusory nature, there would be no reason to get angry, like being angry at the lights and colors that represent a person on a TV screen. come out of meditation i hope these points have made some impression on your mind please think about them again and again so they become part of your thinking time is now up thank you for joining us today please dedicate any positive potential from our coming together today to gaining enlightenment for the benefit of all beings have a great seven days and until next time goodbye
0: this podcast was produced by FM dunedin with support from new zealand on the air